What's up and welcome to Shop Sounds, a woodworking podcast about nothing. With myself, Nick Key of Key Woodworks, Jason Hibbs of Bourbon Moth, and Keith Johnson, better known as KJ Sawdust. All three of us are on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. All right, folks, this episode is sponsored by our dear friends at Bits and Bits. Now, Bits and Bits takes the great quality of Whiteside Router and CNC bits, which are made right here in these very United States, and slathers on their own special Astra coating to make them that much better. In this Astra coating, this devil syrup not only tastes great mixed with your favorite milk of choice, be it oat, almond, soy, or cashew, but it also allows for higher speeds and feed rates and extends the life of the bit by up to three times. But conversely, it will spoil your milk three times faster. But not only does Bits and Bits make Whiteside Bits even bitsier, they also make their own CNC bits. And what's even more amazing is they do it in the confines of a small studio apartment on the Lower West Side of Portland. I did not know that. So go check out all of their offerings at bitsbits.com. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Bits and Bits has every bit you need from a quarter inch shank chamfers to half inch shank compression flush cut bits. And if you go to bitsbits.com and use coupon code MORSELS15, you can save 15% off your next order. Whew! That was a lot of words. All right. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Man, I was going to use a half-inch rabbiting bit that I've had for years this week, and I noticed it was chipped. And then I remembered Bits and Bits sent oh. me one, and I pulled it out of the package. It was brand new. I had to peel that gunky little Cosmoline? wax yeah, stuff off of it. And oh, that's my favorite part. I know. There's something soothing. It's like ASMR. I should do a video just peeling that Except stuff off. Except for the grease that's underneath. Yeah, I actually looked into buying that stuff. <laughs> Like getting all of the Cosmoline, getting like a, a crock pot to keep it warm. <laughs> just dip, dip everything in, there. in it. Yeah, just dip everything I own yeah. in it. All right. Well, before we get too far, I want to introduce some new patrons that we have to the podcast. We've got Derek Harder and Josh Seaman. And then we've got a new top tier patron. It is Davin Ohms, Ohms. at Ohms. Ohms Bros Photography. Top tier. So thanks to them. And then normally we try and slip in our top tier patrons, you know, throughout the podcast here and there. But we've got such a special guest tonight that I'm just going to read them all right now so we can get it out of the way and then we can focus on our guest. And we've got Ben Fuller. We've got Ryan Cupstus, Paul Bennett, Tyson, Nicholas Fairfield, Michael Olson, MJ, not Mike Prohorov, (laughs) Alex Johnson, and Nick Leonard. Those yeah. are the ones. Are you guys getting some feedback somewhere? Yeah, a little bit. Or is that just uh, me? I'm, I'm hearing a little bit of white noise, but... Is that... Uh, I don't know what I'm that's good from. with it. It sounds like we're recording in like a kitchen Yeah, we need to somewhere. adjust the antenna up on the roof, I think. Yeah. Somebody, go somebody, somebody jiggle, jiggle <laughs> it. Okay. Well, I guess we just won't worry about it. We're good. All right, guys. We're good we, to go. We teased you last episode that we were going to have a special guest. And I think that we had people try and guess who it was. And I got a few DMs from people trying to guess who it was. And everybody guessed the most obvious woodworking people. And nobody got it right. (laughs) So it is my pleasure to introduce to you our guest this evening. Now, this is a gentleman who's been nominated for four Golden Globes. He's won like a bazillion Tony Awards. He's been nominated for an Emmy and a bunch of other crazy accolades. He's a 
published author and he's been an actor and this and that. But tell you what, we don't care at all about any of that because we want to talk about woodworking on here. So I welcome to the podcast none other than the man himself, Neil Patrick Harris. What up? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome aboard, man. How are you, Jeff? We're doing good. Thanks for being here. This is great. It's a super pleasure, and I'm 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 super excited that you started with the Patreon patron patrons patrons Patreon. Yeah, we mess that up mm-hmm. every time too. It's okay. Yeah, I just snickered at Josh Seaman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you just rolled right past He's that. To be. Well, it took every ounce of self control <laughs> to that one alone. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, I would have jumped all over that. I'm sure that. he's never heard any jokes before, but I'm, I'm even more excited to be part of the podcast now. <laughs> yeah. So just so people know how you wound up here, you sent me a DM a while ago, and we've got this ongoing joke on the podcast about how I never check my DMs or respond to anybody. And you were one of the random people I was scrolling through, and I think you caught my eye because, of course, you got that blue check because I think, I don't know, you only got like, what, 8.5 million followers or something small like that. Is that how you get the check? Nice. I don't know how you get the check. You have to apply for it. Um, I got denied, so I'm a little bitter. I applied and (laughs) got denied, yeah. But then (laughs) I... applied for it and you get denied? Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to prove that you're actually somebody. Wow. Yeah, I'm a nobody, apparently. Well, I did. I sent them all the necessary paperwork and shut down. Even Facebook shut me down, That like a, the rights manager that you can sign up for. So if someone tries to rip off your content and post it on Instagram or wherever, like they will take it down. Like uh, They will find it for you and take it down. I got denied for that. That makes no sense at all because you, you own the rights to the handle. And if you can prove it's who you are, that's all that the, they would need, right? It's like well, if, being, if going to a club try- and getting, not getting into the VIP room or something. That's so strange. <laughs> well, if- if I track it down they and report it, they'll take it down. But the, the rights manager service, like they go out and hunt for your content for you, like based on bit code. I don't know how they find it, but they do. And they shut me down. So that's hard. Just have to, uh, it's, it, this is my goal. My goal is I'm going to get all three of you blue check marks. All right. See? <laughs> yes. See? I'm writing it down. Just, it Sign me matters up. who you know. See, that's what I should do is I should apply, but in the little notes section, you can put notes on Instagram when you're applying what? for the blue check. I'm going to say friends with Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, maybe that'll work. You know, it's funny because I used to think it's because you had to have like, um, you know, accolades or something like that, like an IMBD page. And I actually have an IMBD page, which is what? really random. And I didn't create it for myself, but... I searched myself on Google the other day and I'm on there because I was in a documentary about small businesses for like two seconds. Nice. I mean, I'm barely in there, but it says on there, it's got my name and it's so that deserves really? a blue check, right? I mean, very that would certainly well, deserve a check. You built a tank that was on the local news. So that right there trumps all of that. Gosh, oh, yeah. What does it take to get a blue check? Yeah, really? In here? <laughs> oh, man. I'm on it. I, yeah, obviously a tank is not enough. <laughs> yeah. So Neil sent me a DM. I think he, I don't even remember what he said. Like he's getting into woodworking. He found my YouTube page. And then we talked back and forth. It was friendly. And then I bucked up the courage to ask you to be on the podcast. And your response was kind of funny because <laughs> you said, I'll do it, but you have to do a favor for me, which True. is a little ominous. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> what am I going to have to do? Well, wait, before you say what the favor is, what did you think it was going to be? 
Well, I thought maybe it was like there's this guy that's been stalking me. I need you to hunt him down and maybe scare him a little bit. I don't know. The paparazzi's been all up on my case. I need you to, you know, put the fear of God in him. Maybe show him your table saw. I didn't know what the favor was going to be, but what you sent was way worse. <laughs> yeah, it was Godfather like, wasn't it? It was. You you basically, and I'm not joking here. He yep. said, "I will be on the co- podcast if you." cut up the severed head for me yeah that's like that's absolutely truthful it's 100 percent truthful now i will say it was a taxidermized raccoon head yep which came in the mail the other day by the way and oh, i had a lot I, I had a lot of fun scaring my wife with that thing <laughs> <laughs> it keeps mysteriously finding its way into random drawers that she's opening up and it's just staring at her like elf nice. on the shelf you just have to place it in a different spot every yeah, day exactly. well down. first i awesome. i stuck it in my coat with just the head sticking out and I convinced my son that i caught it in the yard and then i made it jump out at him and then i've just been i haven't cut it down yet because i've been having so much fun with it nice but basically he wants me to cut down this head because you're gonna hook it onto a painting of an old lady but you're replacing her face with the raccoon face well said. Yes, we're we've ta- we have a room that in our place called that's the morning room, and we have a bunch of strange kind of art on the walls. And rather than rather than just have generic art, we thought we'd take interesting pieces of art and augment them. So we found old timey portraits of people. There's one that's of a baby, and then there's one that's of an old lady, and and different ones. And we're we're sort of adding three dimensional elements to them. Uh, sort of Banksy, trying to be contemporary art wannabes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so with the baby picture, I we took a baby doll, and I've I've cut off the plastic arm of it, and I'm going to adhere <laughs> the arm to it with a bait with a tiny little iPhone, so it looks like it's taking a selfie of itself. <laughs> so you see the arm and the phone, and then on this one, um, the painting actually dropped and and broke on her face. So her face, the woman's face, was damaged. So we're trying to figure out how to justify that she has a bonnet on her head and david my husband is loves taxidermy we have random taxidermy stuff all over the place and so he bought this raccoon head that was gonna then become her head so it was sort of three-dimensional so it arrived but it was you know it, it it it's part of it's the whole head ears included and part of the neck so when you stick it on to the painting itself it just looks weird it looks like it's um the the proportions are wrong yeah so i was thinking well i can fix this i just need to saw it down (laughs) i have all these great (laughs) ideas in my mind which is probably all i'm gonna i'm gonna this whole podcast is gonna be me asking you three questions and you hearing me scribbling down answers (laughs) to things that i'll probably never execute and and so one thing i thought was it shouldn't be that hard because it's uh, we could just get i don't know a jigsaw uh, a table, what would it be called? What saw would you use? Well, I'm going to try and saw. use a bandsaw, but I got to tell you, I'm a, I'm a little nervous about it. What if I screw up Neil Patrick Harris's only raccoon head? <laughs> well, wait, there's, 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 there's a millions more. more. Then it's going <laughs> right. to put me in this weird predicament where I'm outside in the middle of the night trying to catch another raccoon and hope you don't <laughs> notice the difference. And... But it's not, you. so you know, with taxidermy, it's not, that's not the real head. No, the yeah, raccoon. there's a, there's it's a styrofoam. It's the, the outside, yeah. Yeah, there's a thing on the inside. So I'm f- hoping that the bandsaw will be able to slice right through it. Not sure what will happen to the edges of it. Well, my plan is, and let me just okay this with you, the owner of the head. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cut it 
about an inch back from where I want it cut first. Ah. Then, then I was going to try and peel the skin up onto the head and oh. then cut oh. it the right length. And then I should be able to fold that skin back over because that's oh, how yeah, it is yeah. now. The yeah. skin's folded around the back and like stapled in there. So I'm going to try and just mimic that, but closer to the ears. Super smart call. Yeah. I don't know. I was going to we'll take see. a hand saw and two clamps. <laughs> wow, what is this, Fargo? Go to the kitchen <laughs> island. Yeah. <laughs> crazy (laughs) well how did you cut down the baby arms what saw did you use there uh it was just a plastic baby so um (laughs) just ripped it off i I think i just used a a knife like a a, a exacto knife this is really weird that this actually happened but i just cut down a bunch of baby hands on my bandsaw and it worked great i saw that was hilarious (laughs) hand sanding it's great. So, I felt like you were expecting those to just come popping off, pop, 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 right? Yeah. And one took a like, well, it took it was like bone. It felt it felt painful. It I know, like, but I think I told you this when you asked me about the raccoon head. Is I mean, butchers use bandsaws to break down meat, so that makes sense. It made me yeah. feel very comfortable. I don't know if there's a specific like meat brand bandsaw. There's got to be like a butcher brand bandsaw. They're not buying like a Powermatic bandsaw. I don't think. I bet I they know. are. You think so? Probably. There's probably a whole nother division of Powermatic that we have no idea about. The flesh cutting Powermatic? Yeah. The meat industry? The meat yeah. cooking industry? And like cadaver, the, the cadaver industry, they must deal oh, yeah. with certain types of saws, right? Bone saws. Oh, yeah, like a big Dremel. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. well, you look at some of the, like, you know, doctor's kits from Civil War era, and all it is is just a bunch of gnarly saws and knives and... And a wooden spoon to bite on. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> a leather strap. <laughs> Ooh. So this speaks to what I know and most importantly don't know at all about woodworking. And this is and I came to you, Jason, through YouTube, through other channels, because once you sort of jump down the rabbit hole, you can be spun in lots of different directions very quickly sure. and watch video after video. I grew up uh, with a, my my father, who's still alive, Ron in Albuquerque, New Mexico, he builds all kinds of stuff with wood. He has a lathe, and he'll send for Christmas uh, chessboards that he made and pens that he made, and it's super great and very impressive. But I didn't quite appreciate how it was accomplished. And then when I grew up, I didn't really go to shop class. I was more like sports band theater guy. So now that I'm forty seven years old and have a house, and, and nay, a, 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 another house where I have some space to have a workshop, I thought, I want to actually start doing this. I'm, I'm excited by the notion, as a very, very beginner, the idea of taking something that's living and turning it into something with my own living hands that's cool. It's super base, and I'm sure every all of you <laughs> are like, super remedial. But I'm, I'm quite adept at the tinkering part of it. I'm good with adhesives. I'm good with foams. I'm good with cutting <laughs> things on a small scale. When you get to table saw, when you get to larger scale things, I'm very enthusiastic to watch and observe and feel like I'm a participant, but I have a- almost no knowledge at all. And so then as a beginner, you're at a bit of a loss because I don't just want to be the dumbass that goes to 
a giant superstore and just buys a bunch of stuff and spends money unnecessarily on tools and saws. Well, then you're never going to be a woodworker. Yeah, really. You've got to spend exorbitant <laughs> amounts of money on yeah. things you don't need. Yeah. <laughs> so so failing right out of the gates. But this is how my mind works is because I want to be effective and I want to be efficient and I want to be both of those things very quickly. And I need to fight either fight against that or do enough research that I'm making smart decisions. Sure. And so that's where well, I started going and I went and I won't bore you with other people that I have been following, but it's, but it's very, it's very interesting and it's good to know. So I bought a table saw. Oh, nice. What'd you get? Um, a rigid, Okay. Uh, I not, had that not, for years. Not the wor- not the portable portable one, but the one that has wheels. But it's a big one. Yep, yeah, that's what I have. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm still rocking something exactly like that. Mm-hmm. This is what I hear that if you get it. So this is what I hear. You get a good table saw. You'll have it for years and years and continue to use it. So yeah, I want. I want to get day, rid of mine. One day me, you'll let get me clarify. a good table saw. Yeah, yeah, I want to get rid of it though. Let me let me just <laughs> yeah. say, I actually Why? just posted yesterday that I want to get rid of it. Are we there different rules of table saw? Yeah. 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 I mean, so my like, new What you got sounds like, because I don't think Rigid makes a cabinet table saw, so it's a job site table saw. No, it's a cabinet. It'd be a it's contractor. A, it's, a, it's a hybrid. So oh, okay. contractor saw. Um, with an integrated mobile base, cast iron top. It's, you know, it's what I had for a long time, seven, yep, eight it. years. Yeah. Um, there was just, it had some deficiencies, but it was a $600 saw, and I built a ton of stuff on it. It was a good value. Yeah, um, scroll had, back but, through Keith's Instagram page, you know, six months ago or whatever it was. Two months you, ago. Two I months ago. Yeah. And see what he was building on that saw. And you'll realize, I mean, you can do whatever you want on that saw because Keith's stuff is it's on another level. Yeah. Just oh, don't so look at my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so now I need to figure out. So then I had to put the table saw together, which was terrifying, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I because I, I I didn't want to rush it. I wanted to take my time to make sure I did it right because it, there's a lot of safety issues involved with the table saw, as all three of you have done videos explaining it. But in doing so, I was like, I would do everything wrong. I was literally putting the friggin' thing together. It would say, don't tighten everything. Beat <laughs> 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 that. And I go to the next step and it wouldn't fit. And I like, it, it took three days to put together the table saw. So this is the level of expertise that I'm at, which is nowhere. I built a table saw. It works great. It cut a few things. Fantastic. And now I'm like, I'm at the point of now what I have the yeah. table. saw. I want to build. I feel like what I need to do is reverse engineer this build, like put together the proper workshop so that I can build uh, stuff. Cause right we'll now see. I'm at a table, a table saw, but I don't have a, I don't have a, a work table to, to set stuff on to go through the table saw. I just have see that's what every table. that's what every woodworker I think does first is they build up their shop and then yeah. you know they move on to other things. I wouldn't offer this to anybody, but you're Neil Patrick Harris, so of course I'm gonna offer it to you. Um okay. when COVID's over, I'll just come out, we'll spend a few days, I'll help you set up your shop. Done. I'll get it all worked out. I'll show you how to use the table saw so you don't cut your flipping fingers off because <laughs> you don't want that. You're not going to be as attractive yeah. of an actor. Let me just you know? say, though, be sure to make sure Jason uses a zero clearance insert. Oh, my God. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. See, I've learned a lot of mistakes. I know what not to do now. I can be like, hey, this 
I almost killed myself doing this, so I'll, you know, don't do that. But it's hard being a novice in this field, for real, especially on social media, uh, more so, I guess, YouTube, because everyone has tips, which is what they oh, need sure. to have in their videos. But I'm just, I have a notebook filled with get this blade, don't need this blade, here's a tip buy this and do put this adhesive on this paint stick and then it turns it into a sander and here's the best type <laughs> of this to buy and I have all these things and I have I don't so I'm 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 sort of overwhelmed by what by what to make even no, with lighting it's, it's super intimidating I remember so the way I like got set up with woodworking is I just wanted to build furniture for our house and we had another business completely. We needed to spend some money for tax purposes. And I was like, oh, I'll buy a bunch of woodworking stuff. So I was like you, I just, I mean, well, I wasn't like you cause you don't want to go out and just buy everything. I was like, I'm just going to go buy everything. And so I bought a table saw. I bought everything that I looked online, thought you needed. And did you buy had, them new or did you buy them used? No, I bought them new. Well, and I had no clue how to use it. So I set up my table saw. I'd never used a table saw before. And now I have it in my shop. And the first thing I ran through it, I had horrible kickback because I didn't even use the fence. I didn't I didn't know Whoa. what the oh. fence was. I thought that was like some you special freehanded it? jig thing you use, you know, whatever. So I just freehanded this piece of wood through there. It was a quarter inch piece of plywood. I was like, it's a quarter of an inch. So that probably means the blade should be a quarter of an inch high. Sure. You know, so it was barely sticking out and the piece popped up, landed on the blade and shot back. And I, well, I adopted, so it didn't affect my children bearing that much, but <laughs> it definitely would have sealed the deal. I mean, it, um, it, it came really close to destroying some manhood. It was a humbling experience. So then what I did after that was I got online and I looked up all the nasty, gnarly table saw injury videos to really like scare myself, <laughs> put a good fear in me. And then I like looked up some YouTube videos on how to use the table saw, but it is, it's super intimidating trying to start out doing that, not knowing anything. I mean, it's not, well, it's a vast difference. You three make things for livings, right? Like, like you, you Jason talk in your videos a lot about, how you can make this more efficient so you can make more money because you're making furniture to sell. And that's basically geared towards you when I'm talking about that. <laughs> I'm at the other end of the spectrum, the complete opposite end of the spectrum. So while I don't want to do it on the cheap, there are certain things, dust collection, like air compressors and things that are bigger than just buying a, a, a singular thing that you do want to be aware of and I don't know how how far you go into it like I don't want to drop 20 grand on a workshop where I just fix things that I could just fix in my on my kitchen table sure. do you know what I mean but at the same yeah. time I don't want to not buy any of that stuff and then have friggin dust everywhere and have be have a super you know messy terrible space where someone could just say dude just buy a shop vac mm -hmm. so I don't know I'm sort of in the middle I mean, I always tell people, like, find a project you want to build and work backwards from there. It's like, all right, I want to build this. Not a, Don't start with a chair. Uh, if you want to build a step stool or a coffee a table. Yeah, anything. And then it's like, all right, what do I need? Or, you know, watch a video. What do I need to make this? And, and that's how I always built my arsenal. It's like, all right, for the next project, I'm going to need a domino. I'm going to need a bandsaw for this one. I mean, for years, I didn't have a joiner. Forever, I didn't have a joiner up until two years ago. Yeah, so... 
Um, it just that that what Jason did, where he just picked everything and added to cart and bought it. Like I certainly didn't do that for twenty yeah, years. And no. like everybody sees Dude. you on in, on social media, it's like, oh, he's got everything. He but they've only been on social media for two years. I've been doing this for twenty, so it's been a steady growth. Like you. You build something, you make money, you buy something. You build something, you make something, you buy something. Like constantly reinvesting. And then by the time you have kind of everything, oh, I need to upgrade to better tools or these ones have broken down or whatever the case may be. So it is, I, if I were to like get into metal work or something like that, I would be exactly the position you're in. Completely intimidated. Which welder do I need? A TIG welder? A MIG welder? Do I need a uh, you know, water jet machine? Do I need a CNC? A plasma? You know, what do I need? I don't know. And Luckily, you have us three to help you guide you through this. <laughs> Whatever. Because we are here. No, so I value was... that a lot. That's actually very helpful because I should pick a single thing to make, and I like that, and then work in that direction because from that, I'll learn things, and from the learning, it'll make me want to make something different. I don't right. have a singular thing that I'm needing to make. I just feel like as a grown-ass man, one should have a skill set to of knowledge, right? <laughs> yeah. To do these kind of things. And mine is is small. I spent it's about time vast majority of today. I spent today <laughs> hanging art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well which is well, hard. It is hard. It it's is be level. Hard. It's not as easy as just taking a no, nail or a thing. Off any picture in our house, there's probably three or four it's, holes behind there. Right. <laughs> and I was collage yeah. art. So I had 11 pieces of art for one wall, all different sizes. And so I'm having to figure out and I'm trying to measure the center point of the of the wire and the different... Do you lay it out on the floor first? That's what we always do. And I did some of that and I did some cardboard cutting to sort of point through oh, the wow. ground. <laughs> but even then, it's super frustrating. I think I spackled same said wall thrice <laughs> <laughs> today. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be an expert spackler when this is all over. You may not yeah. be a strong. You got woodwork, drywall, nation. drywall. Like spackle skills are on point. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> See, that is advancing your skills. It might not be the picture hanging skills, but your spackling skills. So you're right. good. Well, how did you guys uh, start? Like, when did you did you have an upbringing in the industry in a way, like a a father or a mentor or someone that? Oh. My dad was a Baptist minister, and wow, he was the least handy man I've, <laughs> I've ever known. I mean, he knew what a flathead screwdriver was and a Phillips head screwdriver and that sort of thing. But it was kind of a weird dichotomy growing up because my mom was the one that would do like the yard work and mow the lawn and stuff like that. My dad was always in the kitchen doing the dishes. <laughs> and I just never learned any of that. And so what made you want to do it? It's because we were poor. So and you really wanted to build things practically shelves and yeah, things. Yeah, we bought to- we bought a house that looking back now was probably a little bit out of our means to buy the house. We were we were house poor a little bit. So we we got the house, but we couldn't put anything in it because we didn't have the money. Um so I thought, oh, maybe a cheap way to do this is to build things, which is 
if you're out there listening, that is not the cheap way to do no, things. No, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> um, so that's where I kind of was like, oh, I'm going to buy this woodworking stuff. I can do it with the business. So it's a tax write-off and then I'll build this furniture. And so that's how I got into it. I had no ambition to become a woodworker or do it full-time or professionally. I just wanted to kind of play around with it. I thought it'd be fun. I've always been, you know, kind of like I want to work with my hands and I've been artistic, but... And did really, you find did you find success straight away and feel like you were innately good at it and you kept that's why you kept wanting to do it? Yeah, I was awesome at it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, a little bit. I was really bad at first. Like any woodworker is going to be bad at first. I didn't know anything about wood movement or what kind of wood to use. I had no design concept whatsoever, so I was just I thought the only place to buy wood was Home Depot. Which, yeah. you know, I was buying construction grade stuff and it was shrinking and pulling apart and this and that. But I, apparently we had a lot of friends with terrible eyesight because they would come over and see my <laughs> stuff and be like, this is great. Could you build something for me? Yeah. And so then I started building stuff for friends and family members. And then it kind of snowballed into, all right, I can charge money now. So I'm, and each piece I learned, I mean, looking back what i charged for like my first dining room table it was probably like 300 dollars. and as you grow and your skills grow and you get better well that increases so it's so 350 yeah, so <laughs> right. yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> quick, quick follow-up question you can buy wood at some other place than home depot <laughs> oh, most definitely. Yeah, you can buy it sure. at any other place other than Home Depot. Yeah. Please I would buy not buy your wood at Home Depot, Neil. That's not a good idea. Home Depot, I mean, they're a big box store and they specialize in construction and home remodel, um, not really woodworking even or furniture making. So their wood is for framing or decks or things like that, which is not what you want to use for furniture. But right. there are, you know, a lot of other like hardwood stores, cabinet stores that sell for that purpose. So if you're wanting wood for a project, that's where you want to look. You don't want to go to Home Depot, get on Google and type up like hardwood store near me and you'll probably find three or four hits. Or, I mean, KJ, you've had a lot of success on like Facebook Marketplace finding people that mill yeah. their own stuff. Right. Oh, right. Wow. And I live, I live less than an hour from you, Neil, so I could also help you find in local lumberyards. But yeah, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, um, you know, you got to be careful a little bit, but there's a lot of like woodworkers on there who buy a sawmill and mill up lumber just to kind of help their woodworking addiction. They want to buy new tools or whatever. So they just use it as, as a source of income for them. So, and they know what furniture makers want, you know, they need, needs to be dry, needs to be flat. Um, so they know how to how to mill up lumber and store it for you. So I've I've had some really good luck with that around here. Most you know it's cheaper if you go out to PA, go a little bit further, um, which I don't mind driving. Um, mm -hmm. But it is it is out there. You just have to look. Like if the price is too good to be true, it probably is. It means it's still wet. Like they just milled it and it's soaking wet. Mm -hmm. Like lumber needs. What is it, Jason? It's every every inch of thickness needs a year to dry. If you're air no. drying. You're kiln drying, it's different. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I Jason has no idea. <laughs> I was just trying to bring you into the conversation. <laughs> I don't know. I don't you haven't know. said anything. Don't so wait. Me. So Nick, what you don't talk much. What is your <laughs> what is your origin story? Oh, well, I um much like Jason, my dad is a music minister. Uh also my mom is wow, a very religious group here. Yeah, you? I know. It's it's crazy. My mom is also a minister 
which both of them never did anything like handy wise. I remember back shameful because wasn't Jesus a carpenter? I mean, come I, on. I was about it's to true. say that. Nice. It's true. He right. shopped at Home Depot. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but I remember like back in fourth grade, I would go home with a buddy of mine from school and his mom was a woodworker and she had a, I guess like the, the pre she shed of tools <laughs> and we would go out there and she would teach us how to use like the bandsaw drill press just hand tools this and that and we'd make all kinds of random things and i learned probably i mean that was the first experience that i ever had with you know cutting up wood in fourth grade and ever since then i've always been a handy person like i've always fixed stuff i've never wanted to call someone to fix something for me like i've always been the guy like i'll take care of it except this week when a uh, i (laughs) I, I happen to uh, property manage for my in-laws and they have some rental houses and one of the tenants called and said that their kitchen faucet was sinking or leaking. I went over there. I was like, this will be an easy fix, like $2, no problem. I get over there and the 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 water shut off just started spinning when I turned it. Oh. Like you you go to shut it off and it just kept spinning. I was like, this is where I stop. <laughs> <laughs> Draw the line at plumbing. Like grab the yellow right. pages. So I call the plumber, but <laughs> that's the kind of thing. Like I, I always want to fix stuff my own or by myself. So I got into like when we moved into this house that we're in now about six years ago, we needed furniture and we needed a dining room table. So I was like, I'm going to make one. And well, that was pretty much my like entryway into this this drug we call work your woodworking. baptism yeah that, this was my baptism yeah and from there like i got a i got my table saw from a buddy who didn't want it anymore and like it from there like the addiction just took we over we need to start a go fund me for nick's table yes saw. can he we need a new table saw <laughs> i've upgraded it as much as possible and I, I love that you even was, made a nag- magnetic sticker mat to cover it up so you don't even have to look at it. When I know. I, I try to keep it out of my view as much as possible. Like, in, my post yesterday was like my plea to saw stop. Just <laughs> anything. Give me a discount. Something. <laughs> I, I just need, I need a new saw, man. I'm so I, tired of tripping the breaker whenever I hit something, you know, hardwood. It's so... It's so annoying. I love hearing you say that, though, because my son and daughter are 10. They're twins, and they're in the fourth grade. And I feel, as a parent, kind of a uh, not a responsibility, but an opportunity to be that parent that can show them that if something's broken, you don't just throw it away or yeah. you don't call someone who comes and fixes it, but that you can either fix it or you can... break it apart and learn how it works and then fix it. Right. Right. And so I love that that's sort of the same age when you were learning how this stuff done. It's almost more motivation for me to, uh, to really take it seriously. Right. Yeah. My five-year-old, he is in that same kind of realm of taking everything apart, but not knowing how to put it back together yet. And it's really annoying because he's breaking (laughs) everything I give him. Like every toy is in pieces and I'm like, dude, you're breaking everything. <laughs> but then on the same part, you know, I'm, I'm like, 
it's awesome because he's like wanting to know how these things work. Yeah. He just doesn't have the capacity to figure out how it goes back together once it comes apart. And I I'm feel like, like that's inherent, like in every father, whether you have the skills or not to impart it, how to do it properly. Like dads want to, you know, show how to do things. My yeah. dad would try and teach me how to do things. And looking back now, I'm like, dude, dad, that was not the right way to do it. <laughs> but like the house we moved into um, when I was in fourth grade, we moved from Oregon to Arizona and the house we bought was previously owned by a dentist. And after What's living in the house, apprentice. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but after okay. living in the house for a while, I started to realize, like everybody started to realize, that everything in the house was fixed with dental adhesive. <laughs> like, denture, like denture glue? Like the moldable, like, I don't know what they put on teeth that turns really hard. Like if there was a hole in the wall, the dude would fill it with dental <laughs> adhesive. Like or a, if, a like, mercury filling? Or there was, a light, there was a light switch plate that had cracked on one corner, so he like molded a corner onto it with dental adhesive. Amazing. The, there was a crack in the fiberglass shower, so he like filled the crack with dental adhesive. But that's what he that's what he knew how to do. So that's how that's how he fixed that. Follow up. That stuff is hard. Follow up question. When you're walking around your house at, at two thirty every day, do you do you have this weird feeling, like a weird, strange sensation? Two thirty. Thanks. Exactly. That jokes. Good times. Oh, love it. What about you, KJ? What's your origin story? I didn't grow up in a household where anyone was handy either. Like my grandfather was a union. Was your dad worker, a? But... Was he a minister? Oh no, my dad was a oh, Navy corpsman and then a mailman. Okay. <laughs> so this is where the religious triad go to church. Absolutely not. Oh. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember this kind of the same thing as Nick's son. Like growing up, I loved taking stuff apart, but could never put it back together. But when we moved to this giant uh, farmhouse in New Hampshire when I was 10, I think, it was like 100 acres. There was this huge barn and it had a ton of wood in it. My friends would just, and I would grab it and go build forts in the woods. And I, I remember being so excited because in a couple years, in eighth grade, there was shop class. So I couldn't wait to take shop class. And after I took that, we built some, you know, we did some metal work. We did, we did like a cribbage board. We made a tic-tac-toe block. And I made this little glass display case for my grandmother. Like some really cool stuff. And that's where I caught the bug. Hmm. And then in high school, I worked for a contractor um, during my, my summer breaks and winter breaks. And I just kept kind of growing from there. And my first commission piece was for my sister. I built her a dresser. It was 400 bucks. So it was 100 bucks more than your table, Jason. Mm. Um, <laughs> and she, was, she moved into a studio apartment in New York City like right after college. And she wanted a dresser and couldn't afford it. So I built her this one out of pine, which still resides in my mother's house. Wow. And I bet it's time. perfect. Knowing you, it was perfect. Oh, it's more it's than It's not bad. It's not you bad. You can probably still <laughs> see the residue from the green tape that was pasted all over. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pine. I think it's the only thing I've ever made out of ever pine. Ever made out of pine. <laughs> the last time you touched <laughs> pine. The last one. Yep. <laughs> to be honest, I, I may have bought that. At, at No, I didn't buy that at Home Depot. Thank goodness. My streak is still alive. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> but I just love... I'm a, I love escape rooms. I love um, like crossword puzzles. I love knowing how things work. I really like. I love lamp. I really like the process. <laughs> and before I would, I would 
open up a chest of drawers and not be able to open the drawer past the pole and not know how to get the drawer out of the chest of drawers. Do you know what I mean? Right, the, yeah. the metal poles. Oh, yeah, and yeah. for a long time, and I just felt kind of neutered by the fact that I didn't <laughs> know just physically how stuff worked. And so yeah. that's what I've been when been more not obsessed with, but interested in and intrigued by is is the systems behind all of these things that are how they work. It's positive. It's a positive in that it makes me want to talk to you guys and learn more stuff. It's a negative when you want to do it the right way the first time. That's what, that's yeah. my biggest struggle right now. I just put up um, a pegboard system in a room that I, that I'm deeming project center, which is where I like tinker <laughs> and build small things. And even finding like pegboard was a, Deep dive. I didn't know. Wood pegboard, metal pegboard, French cleat. Mm. <laughs> but you know, yes. word, you know the word French cleat, so you're on the yeah. right path. Yeah. Right. Well, I know that that exists, but in order to do the French cleat, you need to have this simple skill set of <laughs> sawing things. <laughs> of sawing things on a 45. I'm just well, kidding. Up until, up until two months ago, I thought French cleat was like something you needed for the Paris soccer team. So... Oh You're way God. ahead of me. Fair, but so I, I, and then I see all these French cleat videos, which are super great. But then it's all videos of people making bespoke custom things on their French cleats, which seems oh. out of my skill set, you know. Mm. So I'm, 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 I just bought the metal pegboard, and I'm so excited. It's very oh, okay. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Did you? What did you now, get? Wall, did... wall control. Is that what it is? I don't know. It's on Amazon. <laughs> they have a metal peg. It's probably sure. on Amazon. Uh, you guys have an Amazon link that you can throw to right now? No. This is no. a podcast, so nobody can click on anything. <laughs> <laughs> We're locked out of everything, but this voice comes. <laughs> you can't say go to the description in the in this uh, the site and click on the thing, and then you get... That would require me to do extra work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not that Our, our producer. That's right. But when <laughs> so I asked this... you... Oh, go ahead, KJ. I was just going to say, so how does your, I mean, I assume your husband is very supportive of you wanting to kind of tinker and learn about woodworking, or does he just see this as like your little pet project and okay. Or does go he want to woodwork course. too? Or is he scared he, to death you're going to hurt no, him? No, he's, he's terrible at this stuff and, and would far prefer much more professional people than myself to handle all of this. And so he uh, is amused by the fact that I uh, am taking it on. It troubles him that I have not a lot of bandwidth um and i have a lot of projects and things going on so i stand tall and proud and say i will handle this i really want to build this you know i want to repair this frame we have a whole room we're doing frames and we bought a bunch of we found on the street in new york actually a whole bunch of really cool haunted mansion-y kind of frames and so i'm gonna make them look great again and I really can do that, and I'm excited to do it. But it's it's taking months and months to even just get started doing it. So he's he gets bummed at the fact that it, that I can't spin stuff around quickly. That's nah. his draw. But I yeah. just My learned wife feels the, that same way. The wood putty, the two, the two. It's two. It's a white. Oh yeah, the putty. mohawk. Yeah, I guess. And you mix them together, and it turns into like a light brown color. And then you can sculpt it onto the frame itself. And then in 24 hours, it hardens like wood. And then you can sand right. it. So I bought a whole bunch of sanders, and I've been uh, making these frames look good. And then I'm going to spray them and then um, age them. I love all that stuff. Let me just say how it, how ex how just refreshing it is to see how excited you are about like getting into this hobby. Like we've been like right. I get excited still by. 
but with a challenge of the next project and and it's very everything is very rewarding for me but to see someone like still a little green and like just their eyes like wide a open just green. ready to tackle in your last video that i watched you talk you, you just say off the cuff and then i use my setup blocks to blankety blank blank <laughs> I wrote down setup blocks question mark. I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, did you didn't read the comment down below where some guy said, "Oh, hey, I could just build those myself out of wood. Why would I spend two hundred dollars on right. metal ones?" Well, it's yeah. funny because okay. in my tips and tricks video, I was like, "You could build setup blocks out of wood for really I cheap." That was one of my that. tips. But I've gotten literally—I'm not joking—probably. 500 people commenting saying, why don't you just use the end of drill bits? They're all standard sizes. You just use those as setup blocks. You don't have to buy them. You already have them in your shop, which is a good tip. Yeah. Mm. The only problem is they are round, so they're a little awkward to use. That's my right. only thing. Yes. But also setup blocks seems like a cool thing that you would want to have sitting around that you can yeah. pull out and be proud of and look at me. Like, <laughs> I've got these cool setup blocks and they look great and it actually, actually works and also is chic. And yeah, I use right. them all the time. People see oh, them as a too. luxury, but I use them because instead of whipping out a tape measure or a ruler, because the tape measure, there's some flex there. You know, if I need to measure seven eighths of an inch, I grab a seven eighths setup block and and mark my line. Like I know right. that's yeah. perfectly I accurate. Use them like, I don't have to worry about my all eye. the time. I've been having issues with tape measures. This is how basic my my. No, bitch they're is. all well, what. What kind of different. tape measure are you actually using? Because I I've found that that really makes a difference. So I have. My favorite right now is a red Milwaukee, maybe, tape measure. Okay. And what I like about it is that when I pull it out, it stays out. And I have to push the button in order for it to come back in. Because like, having to keep, it, keep dealing with it with both hands is really frustrating. But what I can't quite grasp <laughs> is that little metal part at the end. It yeah. moves around a little bit. Yeah, so am right. I supposed to measure with it? Like, am I supposed to put pressure on it and extend it? And that's the exact measurement? Or am I supposed to push it in? And that's the exact measurement because it feels a little bit different. KJ, so why don't you tell him about so, the end of the tape measure? So that that is designed to have a little bit of play in it. So when you measure from the outside of an object or an end of a piece of wood and extend the tape measure, that little that guide moves a little bit. But it, it when you read the the number on your tape measure, let's say it's six inches, it reads six inches. But if you want to measure the inside of something, when you push that against something, it moves again, but it takes into account the width of that little blade. And so when you really? read six inches, yeah, I mean, but that's the problem is if you keep pulling that thing out and letting it go from far away, back and forth, and it, over time, that creates a lot of play in that little, in that edge. And that's where you get mismeasurement. Now, listen, you know. We're not machinists, <laughs> right? But yeah, like a framer or somebody, like a sixty-fourth or thirty-second of an inch means nothing. But to a woodworker, that does mean a lot. So, like that's where you. Or to someone who's careful. hanging a picture in his on his wall, and you're hanging yeah. two that are supposed to be exactly the same height. That 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 sixteenth of an inch. Eight you can see invite it from across Keith the over room. to your house because he's going to be like that one <laughs> picture is a thirty seconds higher than the other right one. KJ You'll travels with a tape measure. Yeah. <laughs> what most what most woodworkers I know do is they just ignore the end and they'll move it over to the inch mark and yeah. then add an inch. Yeah. So. But a good but one thing I, I actually learned a better tip with that, Jason, is to start from ten. Because if you start from one, uh, that's you're like, oh, point. do I add to? But if you start from ten, you're really starting from zero, and it's just oh, much yeah. easier. Yeah. So if you're measuring six inches at 16 and you're right on the line. Right. right rather right, than seven or yeah. Here's or what you want to do. Wait, wait. I have another super okay, question. Go. 
And by the way, I'm happy to go on every year and we could just do a long episode where I just ask incredibly stupid Perfect. questions. Perfect. Make yeah, us feel very an smart. Annual thing. What is the on the other side of the tape measure? There's all kinds of other numbers. I'm assuming it's the metric system. It doesn't line up with the others and I find it very I find it a waste of time. I feel like that it should just be the same on both sides so that if if I'm in a weird position, it doesn't matter how I'm holding the yeah. thing up. I it all depends yeah. on your tape measure really. The tape measure, ironically, that I think all three of us use is the fast cap lefty righty tape measure right yep. which it is yep. the same on both sides yep yep mm-hmm. so you don't is have fast to worry cap about the, uh, a company's name fast yeah, cap fast yeah cap. if you look on on amazon or whatever fast cap lefty I'll send you righty a link. tape measure it's green <laughs> i like it for <laughs> nice. multiple reasons it's got um it's got a break on the bottom so if you pull it out and just set it down the break activates so it'll automatically stay out which is nice mm-hmm. Nice. Lefty righty, so it's the same on both sides, which is convenient. It's got a built-in pencil sharpener. Hey oh. Not that I've ever used it because I use I uh, mechanical pencils. Um it's got a little white circle on it that you can write with, you know, measurements and then erase it. And I don't ever use that either. That I put I my sticker over that. Yeah, I did too. Um nice. I just like it seems more accurate to me. I don't know. The lefty righties can you don't have to worry about what side you're on, Plus, which is nice. They break it down to like do they go all the way down to 64th? Or is it's it, that one I, I right 30 behind seconds. 30 Pete's seconds. right shoulder. It's hanging on the wall. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, right over got there. got two of them back there. Other side. Oh, other side. Oh, other side, yeah. I got two yeah. of them. With the green can you just, the can you just reach back there and grab it? Yeah, no, unfortunately. That's not a real virtual. background. It's a backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that's good about that tape measure, it's only 16 feet. Like, as a woodworker, oh, you don't I need a 32 25. foot. You don't need a 25 foot You don't need measure. a 25? Well, I got I got two 25s. And what I did, because I You're always measuring your measurements, boat, is I ordered, yeah. I ordered eight of them. And then I got I opened up the Amazon yep. box. I took all eight of them and I just threw them in the air. So they're evenly <laughs> scattered all over my yeah. shop. <laughs> so whenever I need one, I can just reach and oh, here's one laying here and there. Cause I always lose them. You, you need like eight tape measures, really. You're the same with pencils. Yeah, just chuck yeah. them everywhere. No, I buy those yeah. huge packages of mechanical pencils and I just chuck them like confetti all over my you shop. Take out one so of those t shirt guns and just blast them all around. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. It would be I nice guess. if a tape measure had a level on it. Ooh. I think there probably is one with a little. I speak on. just from from hanging <laughs> hanging art. <laughs> is that I, I'm what I'm doing is holding a ruler instead of the tape measure. I let go of the tape measure. I'm just using a ruler, and then I butt up a level next to it so that I can measure three and a half inches down on both edges of where I need to go. But I can also keep it straight. Literally, but I will straight. say this on that point. Normally in my shop, if something is under forty eight inches. I'm always using a ruler. Yeah, mm. I'll say and, the same. And with They're a just ruler, do you use a metal, like a tri- like a hipster metal ruler, or do you yeah, go very hipster metal wood? ruler? Yeah. So behind Keith, if you can see his perfect yep. selection of tools, uh, Woodpecker is what I use because they pay me to use them. Um, <laughs> nice, but they're they're great. They're super accurate. Word for me. Yeah, just but any me. yeah, I'll reach out to Woodpecker and see if they'd have any interest just in want- sponsoring you. I just want the friends and family discount. Okay. Wait, friends you haven't even reached out for me. <laughs> Tell you what, when I send back when I send back your severed raccoon head, I'm gonna throw in a ruler there, so you have a nice ruler. I have one hanging on my wall that I literally though. never used before. It's best just, podcast ever. 
I'm gonna. I'll just throw it in <laughs> there. there for can... This is all there for decoration. My nice thing about right. that is it's it's just perfectly accurate. You can stick it right up against the edge of something and Perfect. measure out from that. You don't have to worry about it, which is nice. So you can't hang it on your belt as easy, or else you look like a conquistador with a big sword. <laughs> Here's my next dumb guy question. So I bought um a, a tool bag. Uh, it, it it oh it's it's it, it's made of fabric and it opens up and you and has a big space in the middle, but it has a a, a ton of pockets. Mm -hmm. And then there's another one that I bought that's a little bit bigger. It zips open and it has uh, two zippers on either side. And inside either of those side are tons of little pockets. It doesn't come with instructions. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it doesn't even come with a video. So I don't know, is there a, is there a preferred way to put your two drills and your batteries or your hammer? Where the F is the hammer supposed to go? It doesn't really fit in a pocket. Does it just hang in there loose? Is there a, is there a tutorial for bags or are you just on your own with the tool bag? Well, mine's wow. a Louis Vuitton, and the nice <laughs> thing about that... <laughs> Neil, have you ever bought a briefcase before? Yeah. Did it come with instructions on where to put things? <laughs> Well, okay, I, I hear where you're going with this. No, but you're right. Normally, normally there is a picture on the tag showing like a suggested location for different tools. So it's odd that the would you buy the bucket like, boss at, at Home Depot that fits in a bucket? Big old husky, husky bag. Yeah, that's more for like a contractor or a plumber who's like. I use the big compartment and just dump everything in there, and then the yeah. little compartments. It's a junk is where truck. I, I put my snacks. <laughs> I got Cheetos, I got my gum, I jerky. got my Fritos, my jerky, yeah, all that stuff. Because it doesn't get crushed on the outside. You put your snacks on the inside and then dump your tools on it, it's going to just turn to dust. You put your snacks on the outside, keeps it safe. Right. I'll Pro tell tip. you another reason why I'm loving the woodworking. I am a magician as a hobbyist. Um, and I've I've been a magician since I was 10 years old. It's like my main hobby, and I'm I've been going to uh, going to these auctions. Not going to, but there's online auctions of old. What number am I thinking of right now? <laughs> um, look at look look into the into the camera. Okay. Oh boy. Twenty four. No, seven. Damn. <laughs> you got to work on your magicianry. And I'm going to say from one to ten. It started from 10 on the tape measure. You would have been oh, sorry. <laughs> I never thought you would have go with seven. Should have okay. used a um, ruler. But, but, but I've been purchasing old magic props that, were, that, that are all made. Most of them are wooden. And they're super exciting to see not only the craftsmanship that went into making them, but with a magic prop, there's usually some secret mechanism within it. There's something that 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 seems like it doesn't open and it does. There's a there's oh, yeah, a yeah. secret hinge somewhere that opens up, and so I find that's kind of doubly fascinating that you're not only making a singular practical thing, but you're making a seemingly practical thing that can actually that actually has a secondary purpose. You're going to be voted out yeah. of the magicians guild here. <laughs> you see these secrets, illusions. Yeah. yeah. But a lot, a lot. It's a lot of wood uh, uh, appreciation of craftsmanship For sure. in the, the magic yeah. world. I actually keep something on my desk here that is kind of in that realm. It's a, kind of a magic trick, but it's also woodworking. It's called the impossible dovetail. Nice, love. It dovetails love. on all four sides of a box, and if you think about it, that doesn't make any sense. Like, how do these two pieces of wood love. go together, right? But 
and I'm I'm not gonna be able to do this like on the fly because I've I've actually forgotten how this thing works. Because it's impossible. It slides at a 45 degree angle. Yeah. So I think. Oh, but your magnet. There's, like, there's a there's, magnet inside there's a drop somewhere magnet. keeping it. Yeah, keep. Oh, it's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, just keep I'm just key to any magnet. I'm just gonna keep smacking this thing. Grab <laughs> a bigger hammer. Hold on. Let me get a bigger hammer. This is a great work. magic trick, Nick. You're doing <laughs> this good. is a great magic trick, especially uh, for people that are watching right now. Podcast. Uh, yeah. You should so do good. We should start podcast magicry. That should be the new thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't get it to open. Oh, frick. Wow, Nick just it's made the whole face. box disappear. This is amazing. <laughs> Blew my <laughs> mind. Leave it's it. gone. Woo. It's, it's, Nick, were yeah, you thinking of the number 24? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. I was just one guy off. I was thinking of 24. <laughs> no, but that's something that you could you could look into that is, you know, both sides of magic and, and woodworking. Chris Ramsey uh, he's a great channel on YouTube to follow that sometimes he will get puzzle boxes that other woodworkers will send him to figure out and that stuff is just puzzle boxes like, are amazing They're it's mind-boggling yeah, right? how you come up with it because it's equally yeah. exciting to solve it and then a whole other level to think of how it was crafted how it was I'm built. the guy right. that stands in the Cracker Barrel gift shop for like two hours <laughs> trying to get the two nails apart you know like, how do these nails come apart? I can't figure it out. And my wife's yelling at me. Come on, our pancakes are ready. But I just that stuff blows my mind. I don't. I can't understand it. The two nails. Yeah, and then woodworking is a whole nother level. I mean, right? Because you got to conceptualize it beforehand and then make it happen. I watched Steve Ramsey. Um, uh, he had a thing where he had a block of wood, and there were uh, four. Like uh, there were two pieces cut out of either side, and in the middle was a nail that was that oh, had been yeah 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 uh, oh, a yeah. screw that had gone through impossible it. Nail. Uh, impossible nail. Impossible nail. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you do? Good you idea. put it in boiling water, yeah, and then you, you boil the wood. Pull, you bend it apart. You put bend the nail one in it. one of the fourth way down, then you saw the thing through, and then boil it again, and it pops right back into position. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, things you yeah, can only you, do with pine. If you follow oh, pine uh, specific, yeah. Uh, um, CT Fine Furniture. He builds these amazing puzzle furniture, like um, like oh in, yeah 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 with yeah. all these hidden. Co- you push this and that opens, and then this and that opens and that opens. And... Yeah, we have a piece of furniture that I custom had custom made. I didn't have anything to do with it except except I ordered it uh, here in New York. And it's <laughs> right. when you leave, when guests leave, there's a there's a big almost like an apothecary cabinet that's maybe four feet, four and a half feet tall. And there's, it's all just drawers, uh, dark wood. And it's all just unnumbered longish drawers, probably three inches by three inches, four inches squared. Mm-hmm. And when you leave, you sign the guest book if you want to. And if you do, you get to open a drawer and inside we put prizes. So some oh, of them awesome. will be dumb little silly putty and others would be like a hundred dollar apple gift card or something so you're just oh, nice. a game show like a like a punch board where you can open it up yeah. and he built three of the drawers inside this thing are secret drawers where one has a false bottom uh another one has a secret another secret compartment in it and then a third one has a space in between two of the drawers themselves the molding in between slides out and there's another secret thing i was super stoked by that oh that's awesome Fantastic. Who built that? Or you said you ordered it, but was it like someone? Uh, I wish I, I wish I could. Um, 
straight I'll, from Amazon. I'll it find, wasn't like no, Crate no, and Barrel, it was a, right? A local guy here in New York, and and because okay. I'm I'm talking about it, I'll find out his name, and then you can add it to like the, the show notes. Oh list. crap! More work for me. <laughs> yeah, you got well, it. Albert got this, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else? Well, do you have more dumb more more questions for me, or do I ask more dumb questions? This has been the best podcast ever because you've just asked all the questions. We haven't had to do anything. Nothing. Dust collection. Real quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hit it up. Are your thoughts for someone in my position, seeing as I'm going to be taking a garage and build, turning it into a nice workshop? I don't mean expensive, fancy, but I'm going to, I have this, this space to make a nice workshop. Right now, there's wood floors all on the bottom, and they're very uneven. And so my first task is to get rid of the wood floors and to pour <laughs> concrete uh, that's maybe self-leveling, maybe, if that's a thing. And then, uh, then everything can be mobile and roll around, and I can open up the doors and everything. But I wonder about dust collection. Since I'm building something like this already, should I invest in a dust collection system? Or since I'm not a professional, do I just have... Uh, like a tube and a, a wet vac that I go around and plug things into it. Well, I will say, let me jump the gun before these two guys who do this all the time. I am in a single car garage and I wish that I had full on plumbing for all of my tools because mm. there is nothing worse than tripping over a dust hose <laughs> and then remembering mm. that I need to move it to use the next tool that I'm going to or need to change out what fitting I need to use the next. So tool. your dust collection, it's not plumbed to every machine. I'm not plumbed anywhere, dude. I have one wow. mobile dust collector that I plug into every tool that I use. I thought that and was a is... prerequisite for being on the podcast. We got to no. check your resume <laughs> well, again. Wow. You're going to have to kick me because I... <laughs> To be fair, I set up a temporary dust collection in my shop five years ago. And it, I set it up knowing like, okay, I want to upgrade this eventually. I'm just getting it in place. And it's been there ever since. Um, okay. But dust collection is one of those things. I mean, you were originally talking about like you don't want to rush out and do this and that. But dust collection is different because it's a, it really is a safety thing. You don't want to be breathing in all those you know, dust particles and everything because it's really bad for you right I mean, a yeah. lot of woodworkers unfortunately they get to their older years and they develop you know lung disease and cancer and this and that because they weren't doing doing it properly yeah. throughout the whole thing is dust collection uh, the same as like air purification if you were using adhesives or things or those are two separate things no yeah, those would be two separate things what i like to do um I mean, just the very basics is, yeah, get a dust extractor of some sort, whether you have it plumbed to every machine or it's something that you can just, you know, unhook and hook to every machine. Um, it'll make a huge difference. I didn't have any when I first set up my shop because I didn't know anything about woodworking. I got online, ordered all these tools, and I never heard of a dust extractor. That sounded like some magic trick. <laughs> so I was running a planer and table saw, and I literally, when I'd run my planer, you know, for an hour or so, I'd be standing ankle deep in wood shavings, and then I'd have to sweep it all out of the out of the way. Wow. So I would definitely get, I mean, depending on the size of your shop, you can look up. They make a really good book. I forget the name of it, but it's all about dust extraction. Dust collection for small shops. Yeah, 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 that's it. And it shows you, like, based on your shop size, what horsepower dust collectors should have, what size piping you should have, um, 
And then in turn with that, I would get in like overhead air filtration system. Okay. Because they just help suck all the particles that the dust extractor doesn't get out of the air into a filter and clean the air. Cool. And there's a bunch of different companies that make those. I know that Powermatic make, makes one that you don't even have to replace the filter. I think you just pull it out and kind of like hose it off yeah, or something and yeah. put it back in there. And then, you know, Grizzly has one that's like sh- actual like microfiber filter that you have to change every once in a while, which don't look at mine because it's like black because I haven't changed <laughs> it forever. Like your lungs. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> you know that you don't have proper dust extraction when you like come in the house and blow your nose and it's just you blew the a whole days, forest. The day yeah. shavings are in there. What, exactly. Yeah, whatever species. Oh, look, walnut today. With. Yeah. No. Wow. <laughs> oh, look, it's, it's walnut today. <laughs> yeah. Or you can like taste it in your mouth. That's when you know it's bad. But... Right. Are you guys super conscientious of of respirators and and putting masks and things on when you're when you're sawing and cutting? I'm getting more and more like I wasn't when I was younger, and I didn't I didn't wear ear protection because I I was actually a finished carpenter for four years, so I was on a job site every day, and the guys I was working with. It didn't wear any of that stuff. So if you did, you're like the pain, you know, you're like, look yeah. at this guy. Look at this little green head, this chump wearing yep. earbuds. So I never did. And then one day a guy fired up the table saw and my ears just went zing. And from then on, it was like any any small sound and my ears were ringing. Wow. So I started wearing ear protection immediately and it went away within like a week. Um, so I'm ear protection always like dust protection wearing a mask i i get a little lazy on that um but having good dust collection helps yeah um yeah it does the the table saw is where i see the most dust kind of come back at you not when you're making a cut where you're cutting off a piece but if you're cutting along just the edge of a piece where you're not even taking off the width of the blade all that sawdust is just Mm. getting chewed up and rooster tailing back at you Mm. And that's where I tend to. Well, and sanding has come such a long ways in the past, you know, 10 years with dust extraction. Right. Sanders used to be a horrible offender when it came to dust in the air. But now you right. got like, you know, dust extraction that hooks right into the end of your sander. If you're using like right. the Fest tool or the Merca stuff, it's getting like 95% of the dust, which is really helpful. 99.9. My problem 9. is, 99.9. My problem is, and this is going to sound wrong when I say it, but I have a really hot face. <laughs> I um, and i don't i, I don't mean i don't mean i'm very attractive i mean my face is like it it just expels heat like crazy which is why i used to wear fur. i used to wear glasses and i got lasix because my glasses if i did any kind of like mm-hmm. activity my glasses would fog up and i hated it and so my problem is if i wear safety glasses and a respirator at the same time they always fog up. So I basically have to choose. Do I want to protect my lungs or do I want to be able to see? Because I don't want to be wearing a respirator and safety glasses and not be able to see while I run something through the table saw or whatever, because that's not safe. True. So normally I'm choosing, oh, I'll use the safety glasses. I probably don't wear my respirator as much as I should. I don't know if that's a problem with my respirator. Maybe I'm not using the proper one. I don't know. But well, we're, we're living in a COVID world, so masks are much more commonplace now than they used to be. So For sure. Probably yeah. easier right. to just keep a mask on. Right. Yeah, I actually wore my respirator out in public when COVID first hit. And oh, wow. Pe- people, like, looked at me crazy. But <laughs> I was like, this is so much better than what you're wearing. 
Yeah, but yeah, now don't even know. Would be like, where'd you get that? Right, people, people would be like, can I, have, can I borrow that? <laughs> exactly. Sold out everywhere. Yeah, um, and I'll be the first to say that I'm super lazy about wearing my PPE in the shop. If I'm not filming something, I don't think about it nearly as much as I should. But well, as soon as I start recording something, I'm like, I don't want to hear about it in the comments. Yeah, or any, and that's from the sad thing. Else. I've become way more safety conscious when I've switched to doing content full time for that reason, because mm -hmm. I know people are going to comment on it and be like, hey, you should be doing this, this and that. So that's sadly why I'm doing it. Right. More. So I should have probably been doing it the whole time. But sure. Hey, well, at least good. it's getting me doing it. Good to know for now. Let me just say in closing. <laughs> I value what you three do so much as a grown ass man that wants to still learn things. It is very inspiring that not only do you guys spend the time to teach people like me how things work, but that you go out of your way to make sure that the content that you're teaching is entertaining. So I, I applaud all three of you for what you're doing and say, uh, keep up the great work. Well, thanks, wow, man. Thank you. Yeah. We just want to give you a, a huge thanks for being on the podcast. In closing, is there anything, you know, it doesn't have to be woodworking related because you probably have nothing, but is there anything <laughs> that you're doing currently <laughs> that you want to promote or pump? I know I've been reading through your book series, which is awesome. Is there anything coming out that we should be on the lookout for? What do I have coming out? Um, Matrix I 4. did the Matrix 4. Ooh. That'll be out in December, end of this year. Really? I did a movie with um, Nicolas Cage called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, it's a comedy where he plays himself. Uh, <laughs> nice. I just watched um, Swear Words on Netflix with him, and it was hilarious. He's a really funny guy. Um, I have a bunch of random stuff going on, but nothing that's happening in the nearish future. So okay. you'll have to stay tuned. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, if you've never heard of Neil Patrick Harris, stop listening to this podcast. We don't want you here. <laughs> and uh, for all of you who have heard of him, we just are so appreciative to him for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, man. We're going to head into the after show. If you're a patron, you can join us there. If you're not a patron and you want to be part of the after show, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash shop sounds podcast and sign up. Any tier level gets access to that after show. And yeah, the conversation will continue. So follow us over there. Yeah. See ya. See ya.